Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As a resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, Wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Hey, this is Stacey and Megan with another bite-sized episode of Didn't I Just Feed You? You guys know these by now. We have one a month. Sometimes it's both of us. Sometimes it's just one of us. And we may even have a guest thrown in from time to time. It's so funny. We say that and we've never done it. Although this week we do kind of have a little bit of a guest in a way. All that pumping our voicemail number finally paid off, right? Yeah, baby. (laughs) So today... We're going to talk about how to scale down holiday meals. We are coming in right under the wire for your Thanksgiving or unThanksgiving or whatever kind of meal you're going to have, and then all the December holidays. This is an agnostic how to scale down holiday meals. Okay, <laughs> It's okay. going to be how to scale it down no matter what you're celebrating, because we're going to be talking about measurements, not holidays. Let's okay. be real. All right, so before we dig in, because you guys know this is going to be rapid fire tips, this is a short mini episode. Let's hear from Gabrielle, who left us a voicemail, whose question we're answering today. Hello, Megan and Stacy. My question is: is now that we're looking at Thanksgiving with COVID and there's limitations on family get-togethers, we normally have multiple families, sixteen to twenty people. I'm looking at recipes, and tons of magazines are still pushing group 
recipes for the holidays. And what I need to do is basically create Thanksgiving dinner instead of for 20 people for four people. Um, What does that look like for buying a turkey? What does that look like for potatoes? Taking recipes for eight people and breaking it down to two because my kids don't eat a ton. Um, Some ideas on that, especially getting ready for Thanksgiving would be awesome because there's not a single recipe or a single story out there that's talking about how to make Thanksgiving dinner differently this year. Anyway, that's my question. Thanks so much. I love the show. Bye. Wow. I feel like I have a lot to say about this. Yeah. Some of it could be actually incredibly snarky because I agree with the observation that it feels like a lot of food publications are like, it's still Thanksgiving. We're just going to feed you the regular content that we would under regular circumstances, even though 2020 has been wildly all over the place. So I I felt like I had to go searching for some advice about how to scale down holiday meals. Yeah, it's a little frustrating, right? Yeah. All right. What so, is that? I don't know. I don't know. You know, listen, there is I a know, lot. I don't of, want to get us off track. There's a lot of planning ahead. I think maybe people had an unrealistic idea of where we'd be by now. I guess. Yeah. Okay. That's like the most diplomatic thing I think you could say. (laughs) Thank you. Let's just move on. Okay. So um, let's talk about the main protein. Uh, Okay. I'll jump in with turkey because this is actually a recommendation that Beth Lipton gave us in her episode with us on mastering one pot meals. Yeah. So first of all, I spoke to my butcher over the weekend. They're definitely doing parts this week this year. So I think you should call a butcher if, you know, you don't want to buy a whole turkey at the market and you have a butcher, you know, you can ask for parts. I know that sometimes, depending on where you shop and where you live, a butcher can actually be more expensive. But if you're buying just parts and, you know, a smaller amount, it could, the economics of it could work out. So I'm going to buy a turkey breast that's already been like butchered off of the whole bird, and then a whole bunch of turkey legs that I'm going to braise a la Beth Lipton. Do you remember that she gave us that tip and we were freaking out about it? Yeah, and it's come up now like three times in the listeners group where someone will be like, okay, I'm braising a turkey. I need that recipe link again. So we should definitely include that in the show So I'm going to roast the breast. I'm going to braise the legs. Who would I be if I didn't recommend that you guys scale down to chicken? I mean, Wait, can we talk about a little more about turkey though? Because oh, yeah, sure. I wanted, I just wanted to add that because I've spent so many years having to get turkeys at the weirdest time of year, I do know that most grocery stores will still carry like whole, whole breasts. I'm doing air quotes, you guys can't even see that, which just means that like. <laughs> You'll end up buying a turkey, like, and they you generally come frozen. You'll end up buying like a, basically the rib cage of the turkeys with the breast still on. So if you're going to just like roast them and do like a sheet pan Thanksgiving, you will have to like let them thaw and then remove the breast from that rib cage to roast it flat or spatchcock it along the spine. But the the win win of that is like you get two breasts, so that's like plenty of food for even six people. If like you're like me, that you have someone additional quarantining with you. And then you have those bones, that carcass to make 
turkey stock and still have your gravy too. So that can be like a more economical way to still get turkey without having to go to a butcher. And I'm glad that you mentioned that, you know, not everybody's scaling down just to their immediate family. Some people are taking care of other people in their family and it may have more than just the nuclear. Yes. At the same time, like Gabrielle was saying to us in her voicemail, some people are just cooking for their nuclear family and their kids don't even like half of the food that's on the Thanksgiving <laughs> know, table. Right? So guess what, you guys, this year, no more fighting with your kids about eating what's on their plate. Just don't yes. cook that stuff for them. <laughs> like, you know, give them whatever they like, some hard-boiled eggs. I don't know. Just like scramble eggs. Like, So you may even want to just make a smaller meal. It makes it more affordable and you can really do what you want. I, You know, we have said this before, in recent episodes that, you know, one way to kind of flip the script on how hard this holiday season is feeling for so many people is to take it as an opportunity to do something new. I think that if I were to just braise turkey legs another year, people would be pretty disappointed. So I think this is the perfect time to experiment (laughs) with it. There you go. Do what you want, right? Cook what makes you happy. So chicken is a really easy way to do it. Let's talk about freezing the meat afterwards. If someone just wants to roast a whole turkey because that's tradition or that's what they, you know, want to (laughs) do just because. Maybe they get a free turkey from work. When my brother worked at Costco, they always got sent home with a free turkey. And it's like, then you have it. Even if you don't need all of, all of that, you can still totally roast yes. it. And so roast it. I'm really here for spatchcocking. It really makes it so much easier and you get such a much more even cook. And then you can use the backbone to make broth, to make your gravy. And that's really easy. And it can be done the same day. You don't have to get extra bones or anything like that. And then you guys shred whatever meat you're not going to eat, pack it in a container and freeze it. So you have it for, you know, tostadas, burritos, soup, stews down the line. Yeah, I really love to do like a quart size bag and do just like a pound of turkey. That's like a mix of light and dark meat. One, the quart size zip top bags like freeze flat. So that's really great. And they thaw really quickly. And I find one pound is like the perfect size to like make casseroles or make soups with and like doesn't involve you having to defrost 10 pounds worth of turkey for one meal. Yes. Let's talk about other proteins that I never, ever have made a ham. Oh, really? Okay. Ham is cool in this year where we're like very overtired because most hams, like the very iconic honey baked ham comes already cooked and all you have to do is reheat it and like put a little glaze on it and it's like already sliced everything. It like makes your life so easy. I have on the kitchen and we can link to a slow cooker ham, which is like put it in there, put the lid on, put a little glaze on it and call it done. And then I also think that a ham is really like kind of makes maybe better leftovers. I was going to say I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. Like ham sandwiches are delicious and it also freezes well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It freezes well because hams don't come in various sizes so much, right? Like you're going to get pretty much like it is what it is. So um, I also love that ham is a great flavoring agent, kind of like bacon. So you can like cut some leftovers for sandwiches, 
You can cut lef- other leftovers for sandwiches or whatever, however you want to cut it up and freeze it for like future dinners, casseroles, soups. Then also you can just dice up a whole bunch and freeze it and just use it like as a flavor starter. Like, you know, you're sauteing onions and garlic. Just take like a couple of spoonfuls and throw in some diced ham too. And then like build up a soup from there or a stew from there. It feels very versatile to me somehow, or at least more versatile than turkey. Right. It's its own flavor versus turkey is like something you really have to flavor. Also, I love the idea of like going off script and not doing something that's like traditional holiday. Like you could do pork tenderloins and maybe you make it like a little bit special because you do like a bacon or prosciutto wrap. Yes. Or you could get um, like Cornish hens and everyone then almost looks like they have a tiny turkey on their own plate. <laughs> yes, totally. I know people who are doing Cornish hens this year. Oh, really? I yeah. want to see. I think it's really cute. We're going to do fried chicken. We're going to do like a whole Southern Thanksgiving because that scales really easily. And then also like steaks or a beautiful beef tenderloin. That's Those things where, where you wouldn't splurge go. for 12, but yes. like you can splurge for five. Totally. So that's where I was going to go next because we've talked poultry. We've talked pig. Now it's time to talk beef. And I think beef is the easiest to kind of scale down, you know, instead of doing like a whole crown roast or some, you know, get beautiful steaks, get a gorgeous, you know, lean beef tenderloin, buy prime rib. You know, if you're only feeding two or, you know, your kids will only have half, give them, you know, you need three between everybody if you have a family of four. Yeah. Um, I also just thought of the idea of like, you could do salmon or shrimp. Like you, you don't have to stick with these very traditional, you can get into seafood and make that feel special too. Especially if you have kids who like, they were going to eat the sides anyways, just do what you want to eat for any holiday meal. Totally. Okay. What about the idea, Stacey? There's no centerpiece. What if you just go all in on holiday sides for a meal? Is that crazy? So let's talk about scaling holiday sides down. Yes. I think that this is, I think that there are a couple of rules about scaling down a recipe in general that we should go over, but I'm going to just jump into one in particular, because I think it's the one that trips everybody up the most, (laughs) is scaling down eggs when you have Mm. an odd number or a recipe calls for just one egg. So generally speaking... One large egg is about four tablespoons. But really, I think it's worth cracking the egg into a measuring cup, whisking it, and then just seeing what you have, like measuring it out and then halving the volume. Yes. Um, Is there another way that you do it, Megan? No, as our resident baker, I approve this message. Great. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, that's, you know, you divide if it's like, you know, five eggs, you know, half of four is two, and then do that method for the fifth, just split it in half. So I think that really trips people up, the egg thing. They're like, oh my gosh, how do I do that? I think it's worth knowing some basic conversions and you don't have to memorize this. But once you know that like, or you know, you pull up a chart while you're cooking, one tablespoon is three teaspoons, a quarter cup is four tablespoons. You know, you just want to break it down to the measurement that is the easiest to split. 
I think that's pretty, you know, self-explanatory, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like a half cup is eight tablespoons. That's pretty easy to split. 24 teaspoons is easier to split by thirds. Right. You know, so you can use eight tablespoons as the conversion if you're halving. But if you're trying to get to thirds, go even smaller into the ta- the teaspoons. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. I think we should include a link to our favorite chart for awesome. conversions. Yeah, right. I think that's really helpful and handy um, because I actually am being a ba- like having a baking and pastry de- degree and also being our financial officer for didn't I just feed you I'm kind of terrible at math <laughs> and I, <laughs> I always need to look at a chart and get my calculator out awesome. and I just want to say no shame in that game no shame in that game also, if you have, if you were one of those people who are like, I'm going to make sourdough all the time, pull out that scale. Yes. <laughs> That's another pretty simple way to do it too, by weight. Yes. Okay. So sides, we're talking like veggies, we're talking dressing, um, yeah. like so having the recipes. Talk to I, us. I actually think there's like two ways that you can go with a lot of the very traditional sides, which is that you can either like next week for your Thanksgiving holiday or your no turkey day or whatever you choose to celebrate next week, make some dishes and like make the full volume, but freeze half of it for future use or for your next holiday meal. Like we talked a little bit about this, Stacey, that stuffing or dressing is a really great one to do that with. And instead of doing like your big 13 by nine casserole of it, break that, like make the full batch and then break it out into two eight by eight pans and freeze one for later and cook one next week. I don't think that works well for every recipe. Um, we're, we have a hot debate going about whether mashed potatoes can be done that way or not. I think yes, but Stacy makes a really good argument that like if you have to reheat the mashed potatoes like so gently, you're just basically making a ton more work for yourself and it doesn't make any sense to do it in that instance. But I do think like green beans, sweet potato casserole, even if you just like roast the sweet potatoes and then freeze those and build a sweet potato casserole later, I think that's like a really smart use of all of our time right now. But then there's like a couple considerations for if you are going to scale down a recipe and just make that, like just make half or just make a third of like a a traditional family recipe, which is to really think about, obviously Stacey talked about like how to scale down the ingredients, but your cooking times are going to be greatly adjusted and you really want to like consider the vessel that you're cooking in. So like if I'm making a half batch of mashed potatoes, I'm not going to use my giant pot that I normally do when I'm cooking for 12. I'm going to go down to like my four quart pot so that the cooking time will be less, which is like, that's a huge benefit of scaling down our Thanksgiving, right? Everything takes less time to cook. Ditto that for any casseroles that you're baking and you're scaling down. What you don't want to do is like try to keep it in the same big baking dish and then have everything get dried out and overcooked. So in general, you want to scale down. Like if you're doing half of a recipe, you want to go down to a vessel that's half the size as what's recommended in your original recipe. This is exactly where I was going. And I think this is the mic drop tip that you need to choose the right pot. Like that is a huge thing. And that will impact your cooking time in a way that is beneficial. But I do think that people forget to scale down their pot sometimes and that can totally throw everything off um it happens to my mom a lot and it's like kind of like a funny thing (laughs) we've never talked about it on an episode I feel like maybe we've shared a meme about it about like 
even with leftovers, like finding the correct size vessel, like that spatial reasoning, is that what it's called? Where you're like, okay, I have this many (laughs) potatoes to cook. Will they fit in this pot? Yes or no? I'm terrible at that. Are you good at that? So, you know, what's very weird, which shows that so much of it is about like habit (laughs) is that I don't when it comes to cooking, but I do when it comes to packing leftovers because I don't do the cleanup. Mike does. And I cannot (laughs) seem to match how many leftovers, like what's in the pot leftover and which Tupperware I should pick up. He's always like, that's not going to work. I'm like, no, no, it is. It is. It's all. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work. Okay. That's why this is your job. (laughs) You're used to doing that. And I'm used to doing this. And let's just stay in our lanes. But it's a real, it's a real thing. It is a real thing. We taught you to, you know, break it down to the right measurement. We taught you how to scale down eggs. That's a tricky one. Use the right pot. And also, you know, there are things like oil that really relate to like the pot you're using too sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like if yeah. you if the recipe calls for a big pot and three tablespoons of oil just to coat the bottom, that's what the step is really about. And you're using a smaller pot, then, you know, you don't even have to necessarily half the oil, just kind of coat the bottom. So use a little bit of your recipe reading intuition. You know, same with like fresh herbs and stuff. Like, you know, Time is like so annoying to pluck and peel sometimes or to not peel, but you know what I mean? When you have yes. to wring your De-stem? fingers down the stem. Yes. Yes. You know, like just use your best judgment. Always taste as you go. Always people. I think keep in mind that seasoning more lightly and knowing you can add more is easier than going heavy on the seasoning (laughs) and then having to like fix that later. Although we do have an episode on fixing for you. We sure do. And substitutions. If you find yourself without what you need on hand and you definitely don't want to go back out to the grocery store last minute, we should link to that episode too. Absolutely. But I think that those will cover you, won't they? Any other crazy uh, hot tips? Like a little caveat. Yes. Oh my about, god, I'm always adding. Um, Do it. Yeah, I know. It's like unusual. Let's roll reverse today. About desserts, because I think we we touch on this on in future episodes, and maybe we've touched on it a little bit already, but like scaling down some things that are baking related is exponentially harder than it might be to just like find a recipe that is the appropriate size and still gives you the desired effect. So let's say you have like a pumpkin pie that you usually make, but it's only two of you for the holidays this year. And like, you don't really want to like eat pie for six days. Maybe you do like a pumpkin pie bar instead. I mean, really, Megan? Is that the example you're going to give? Are you like literally goading me? Yes, I do want to eat pies for six days, but okay. (laughs) I don't. Go ahead. I don't. Onward, Megan. Onward. (laughs) I think this is a good opportunity to talk about the thing of like, if you're really going to try to scale down your Thanksgiving and kind of just give everyone one dish that they really want, which is one idea, right? Like instead of doing six sides, just do the four that everyone really cares about. Like in my house, I am going to end up with some things that I don't love to eat the leftovers. <laughs> yes, I get it. Yeah. So maybe I want to scale it down. So anyways, just the caveat of like baking is a little bit harder to scale down. It's not impossible but it might save you some stress, which we can only use right now to just find something a little bit different, but just as satisfying. That's it. 
That's it. Also, our pie episode. Now that you brought up pie, our recent pie episode has some good, like, pie hacks for how to hack a store-bought pie. And also, it wasn't about scaling down, but, like, how to make little individual servings, too. Mm -hmm. So there's some good ideas there for dessert. I love it. And there you go. With that... We have helped you, hopefully, scale down your holiday meal. Yeah, but you know the real action is happening in our Facebook group. Where we're answering very detailed questions, not just voicemail questions. So make sure you find us as Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram and Facebook. And join that private listeners community by answering the question with whiskey. Most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jim Endo. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Happy (laughs) holidays.